Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. To CP3 or not to CP3? That is the question, Frank. We're going to dive into this. We've got a bunch of questions about Chris Paul and the mailbag. Uh, there was also a, a little bit of a report today. Uh, some news, I'm not sure. Uh, how how groundbreaking everything was there in regards to the update from the Giannis meeting with ownership. But we'll touch on that a little bit and Chris Paul. But first of all, I thought we should dive into All-NBA selections. They came out today. Giannis, uh, no surprise, first team All-NBA. We knew that was coming. The thing perhaps we didn't know exactly that was coming and maybe it was a little bit unexpected was the fact that Chris Milton missed out on an All-NBA selection, which was... Really unfortunate. I think we spoke about the fact that we thought one of Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, uh, Jason Tatum, or Chris Milton would miss out. I didn't think it was going to be Chris Milton, but it was. And it really, at the end of the day, Frank, it came down to, again, something we've spoke about a little bit before. And there's always a question mark on all-star selections, all-NBA selections. The method for voting just isn't right. Chris Milton had more points or more votes than some guys that did get in the third uh, team. And it's... uh, it's a shame. It's a shame for Chris. Yeah, I think he had more votes than uh, Simmons and Russell Westbrook, but because of just the way the voting breaks down and gets split up, um, he gets screwed, basically, <laughs> which um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea of, of going to a positionless approach to All-NBA has been, I mean, people have been talking about it, you know, for years. I think reasonable <laughs> reasonable people, you know, um, because, I, I, again, I don't know what the real significance of, at this point, of saying, you know, uh, this you were a third-team All-NBA center or a third-team All-NBA <laughs> guard, but, you know, uh, whatever. Like, why do we care so much? Especially with, like, guards and wings. I mean, you know, like, Ben Simmons, I get why he's a guard, you know, but, uh, I mean, again, if he doesn't have as many votes as Chris Middleton, like, why are we, like, feeling like we have to put Ben Simmons on team or or Westbrook, you know, whatever, right? I mean, there's there's nothing holy about like, oh, there must be six guards and there must be six forwards and there must be three centers. It's just kind of stupid. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's it's too bad. Obviously, it would have been nice for Chris to to get that level of recognition. Um, it, it is really hard to, you know, I mean, we're talking about literally, and this is like, it, it should be the best fifteen players in the NBA, right? And because of some of the quirks of the way the voting kind of currently is structured, it's not. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but, but it's remarkable, right? I mean, how, how long, you know, people always sort of talk about well, the Bucks need another, you know, top 20 guy or whatever. And I mean, Chris Middleton, just look at this, right? <laughs> he, he was one of the top 15 actually in terms of, of this voting. And um, I think, you know, you just look at his body of work this season and um, what it meant for the Bucks. obviously richly deserved. And, um, you know, unfortunately he's not going to get, 
not going to have that little piece of, like, I don't even know if it's hardware. Do you get like a plaque or something for LMB? I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's too bad, but whatever, you know, not, not, not like a huge deal. Obviously, um, we we're, we're probably only really giving this time because the Bucks, unfortunately are not playing basketball. If they were still playing basketball, we probably wouldn't care that much, or you know, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, people, people a, would still be uh, people would still be that's angry. True. Frank, what are you talking about? The the Chris Middleton yeah, robbed campaign that's would true. still be rolling. Yeah, actually, it would probably be rolling harder if the Bucks <laughs> were playing because it'd be like the Bucks are you know in the East Finals and they you know. But uh, yeah, so you're probably right. But uh, you know, hey, I, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, he can replicate this next year and. Um, you know, at, at a minimum, it, it's great to obviously say that he's now been an all-star twice, which is not, not an easy thing to do. And uh, as a Bucks fan, obviously you hope that that, that continues and he's uh, continues to be an all-star level performer, all NBA level performer for the next few years. Uh, especially given, uh, given what the Bucks are paying him, right. I mean, they, they are getting, they're getting their money's worth this year, which I think, obviously, I think probably ourselves included, we thought, yeah, you know, they're probably not going to get exactly their money's worth, even if they really had not had little choice, but to, to sign him to that big contract, but for him to play the way he did this year, obviously it's a huge credit to him, right? He, he got paid a ton of money and he came back and played better than ever. No doubt about that. I mean, I, I think as you sort of just pointed to, um, even for, for those of us and myself included here, I, I think everyone knows listening to the podcast, I was in the camp of yes, bring Chris Milton back, but yes, you're probably going to be overpaying him. I don't think you could have asked for much more from him um, this season, particularly during uh, the regular season. And I think you know, getting that All-NBA nod would have been a nice cap. Frank, we're going to talk about our friends over at Rock Auto right now, sponsor of today's show. I was just driving back from Melbourne. I had to do some work in Melbourne and there was a number of cars pulled up on the side of the road and it looked like they were having some car troubles. And I was, I was just considering winding down the window and just yelling out rockauto.com, use the code LOCKEDONNBA. And they'll know you came from us, but I didn't. But we know rockauto.com. I've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 plus years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The best thing about rockauto.com is that the prices are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all those parts that are available for your car right locked on in the how did you hear about us box today know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. To move on to the Chris Paul discussion now, and as I said, we've got some questions here we're going to roll through. But uh, just from the report today, Eric Name, our great friend, and Sam Amick of The Athletic, uh, they said inside the meeting with ownership, because uh, there's, there's been some, <laughs> I don't know, I mean, it just feels like there's been some random reports being thrown out here. Listen, uh, I'm trusting our guy, Eric, and, and Amick here to, to get the good news uh, from what actually went on in there. Good or bad news? Should I say, are you, are you casting aspersions on the, uh, the reporting of uh, Scoop B? I am, yes. Uh, whoever that guy is, yeah. That's exactly I, I, what I'm doing. I, I, that's been some really random reporting, which has been pretty clearly contradicted by people that we trust a little bit more. So I, I don't know what has uh, possessed Scooby to suddenly be the um, you know, self-anointed fly on the wall of, of Camp Giannis. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll stick with, uh, with Sam and Eric. I think we'll feel pretty comfortable with them. One of the most private 
players of all time, nothing gets out, and all of a sudden, uh, this untraditional approach to rebuilding, and and the, and the Bucks are, <laughs> have got. I don't even know what that means. Chris Paul is on the whiteboard. I, I, I don't Untra- know. Untraditional? Does that mean they don't need to get another superstar? Is that like Giannis? Like, oh, hey guys, just be cheap. Just uh, you know, just get me some get me some minimum level players to play with. Let's be untraditional. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but let's not give that any more airtime than it needs. But yeah, sorry, I, I derailed us a little bit. But uh, but yeah, let's get to the substance of, <laughs> of the discussion from today. And um, so, uh, so Chris Paul, okay. So uh, contrary to other reports, Chris Paul pot- potentially, possibly not exactly something that the Bucks might go down the path. In, in fact, it says it's highly unlikely from this story at the Athletic that Chris Paul uh, will be coming to Milwaukee via trade. Uh, I think the difficulty of uh, organizing the trade to bring him across, we're going to touch on that in just a little bit, is one part. Uh, there's some other factors there with additional costs that could come with not only bringing in Chris Paul, but then how the hell do you fill out the rest of the roster and the expenses that might take, uh, Frank, again, we will touch on that. Uh, the interesting part that did come here, which, you know, I mean, it did uh, pack my interest a little bit here. It said the difficulty of bringing Paul onto a roster already led by a strong personality in Giannis seems to limit the chances of the Bucks moving uh, to pair the two All-Stars. All indications are that the Bucks would rather look elsewhere. Uh, we may as well jump right into the questions, Frank, and, and you can tie this all together if you like. We'll start with the most simple one here, and uh, you, we can expand on this, obviously, easily. It comes from Deezy. He says, on a scale of 1 to 10, how realistic is a CP3 trade? Well, I guess previously I would have said, like, I don't know, like a 4. Um, I think after kind of hearing this today, right, um, it would seem to be lower than that, <laughs> unless this is the ultimate make the uh, make the thunder think we're not that interested, so that we don't, you know, uh, appear desperate or whatever type, type play. Which I, I don't think that's what this is. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like at this point that I mean, uh, th- it wasn't uh, too too veiled in in that story, and, and obviously, you know the reporting coming out of this like it's not like this is coming from anybody but um you know the the people that would be would have to be on board with the chris paul trade aka the bucks and and Giannis. and so um whatever the rationale there is um obviously i mean here's the thing like even if Giannis loved chris paul um as you mentioned, I mean, the, the, there are major, logis- major logistical challenges with making a move for him just because of the amount of money he's owed. Um, there's obviously risk just given the fact that, I mean, the guy's 36 years old. So, uh, you know, I mean, he was awesome last year. Uh, I think in hindsight, you know, the idea of should you have made a trade last summer for him, especially with the way Eric Bledsoe um, and his value has only fallen given uh, his, you know, yet another playoff um, I don't know. I don't even know what you want to call Eric Bledsoe's playoff malaise or Eric Bledsoe's playoff. Malaise probably isn't the right word because he's working hard defensively, <laughs> but uh, another disappointing playoff run from Eric Bledsoe. So, I mean, I think you could make the case that, well, they really should have made that trade last summer. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, so we don't have a time machine. And so I think we both agree there has to be something done about, you know, the fact that your point card turns into a pumpkin um, once the, the playoffs start. Um, so moving forward, then what's your play? And I think, again, logistically, it's really hard to make that deal. You have to put together, you know, like five guys, right? I mean, you have to, something like Bledsoe, 
uh, Urson, you have to, you basically have to have to get Urson to opt into the final year of his contract or, or basically guarantee the final year of his contract. Um, because otherwise his contract won't count for matching purposes. It's kind of a quirk of the non-guaranteed so rules. Let me, just, let me just jump in right there with the Urson one, just to touch on this while we're here. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of scary thing about this, right? And, and I think this needs to be pointed out. Uh, if the Bucks have any, they would almost want to have some sort of trade lined up right because yeah. if you, if you yeah. get Ursan you don't, you don't in, want to do that yeah yes exactly, exactly. i just you, to you don't want to, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to guarantee Ursan's contract just in case you need it later mm -hmm. um because clearly with the you know with, with the limitations on this roster um you know there's no way i mean any hope of for instance having like you know put aside chris paul like having more than the taxpayer mid-level you know, I think goes out the window if you're guaranteeing Ursan's contract at $7 million a year. Um, so from a flexibility standpoint, again, if you're just trying to make trades, you can argue, well, having Ursan on the roster is helpful just because he's an expiring $7 million and you can kind of use that as a, as a piece in trades to match. Um, but in practice, uh, as you, as you pointed out, I mean, you know, uh, guaranteeing the contracts of players who are not going to play major roles when you have a very tight salary structure as is just isn't, isn't good business that I would argue in the first place. So, you know, you would have to really have an idea of what kind of moves you could make with that salary before you do that. So, yeah, I, I think to your point, you would really need to figure this out before you have to guarantee that salary, which I, I'd have to double check. I mean, this year everything's out, out of whack because yeah. of the you know draft and free agency being kind of like, you know, somewhat unknown, the exact timing of all that stuff. Um, actually, I think the draft is set, right? I, f I have like October 18th in my head. Maybe the draft is set, but free agency November. I think is... Okay, and now it's November. November 18th. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, November 18th. Okay. Yeah. So um, long story short, yeah, we're in just this weird spot. And so, um, you know, the fact that, again, that, you know, to make a trade for CP, it'd have to be something like Bledsoe plus Urson guaranteeing his salary, um, probably plus George Hill, probably plus DJ Wilson, um, probably plus Robin Lopez, assuming he ups into his player option. You know, basically, you're, and, and again, not to say that all you need all these dudes, um, but I mean, would, would the Thunder want any of these guys for free? <laughs> you know, like, let alone in, in some big contract, big, big trade like this. I mean, you'd have to add stuff to this, whether it's Dante DiVincenzo, whether it's, you know, future picks, which the Bucks have obviously their first rounder this year, they could, you know, include that in a trade and basically then make it official after the draft. Um, since they do owe their 2022 pick to the Cavaliers, it's protected, but you know, I think we'd expect it to convey in 2022 unless the wheels come off the bucks, but which again, not, not completely out of the question with, with the whole Giannis situation, but, um, but yeah, so there's some restrictions around what picks the bucks can trade. Basically it's this year, or probably 2024 is what most likely the bucks could trade. Um, so yeah, it's just a really complicated situation given just the number of bodies you'd have to ship out. Um, the fact that the bucks don't really have like, I would say kind of natural, um, you know, there's not like a natural trade there. Um, and, and again, like if, you know, part of this is you're trying to get rid of Bledsoe, it's like, well, why would the thunder want Bledsoe? You know, I mean, it, it, what, what's sort of the angle for them, unless it's just purely to try to get picks. Right. Which, which again, I mean, that, we know that they've done that the last you know year well, as well as any team in the history of the NBA, just basically extorting picks from teams that wanted their players. Um, so not out of the question, but I would say also like the, 
Thunder probably don't need picks uh, in the way that maybe, maybe other teams would at this point, just given that they have so many. So, so yeah, it's just a really difficult kind of thing to pull off. And then you layer on like, oh, by the way, yeah, Giannis isn't really a Chris Paul guy. Well, then that probably sort of <laughs> seals it, right? <laughs> if that's the case, then uh, then you probably would say that that he's not 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 in the cards for the Bucks. The other piece of this too, um, which I would think again would make it less appealing for the Bucks. Uh, even if you match salaries on this, um, and again, odds are just given how big Chris's salary is, you're probably not going to get fully to his number in terms of the cap number. So you're probably going to net add some amount of money in that trade. And then you're only getting one player back and shipping, you know, whatever it is, five guys out or something like that. You're gonna have to replace those guys. And that means you're going to have to, you know, that that's additional money you're going to have to pay. So I mean, again, we don't know where the luxury tax or even the cap is likely to be. I imagine it will be very similar to where it is right now. It should be about, you know, 109 million cap, 132 million luxury tax. But, um, you know, we know the Bucks have been loath to pay the tax. Um, trading for CP3 definitely pushes you much, you know, accelerates your path to being over the tax as well this year, which again, I mean, if you think that's the way to make your team great, like Jesus Christ, like, you know, you were cheap last summer, probably with the product situation, like now is not the time to be making, you know, or not making moves because of tax considerations. Um, but would I put it past the bucks? Of course not. Right. Um, of course they don't want to pay the tax. And again, on the margins, can they talk themselves into, well, it's actually okay that we're not paying the tax because of X, Y, Z. I mean, they did it last summer. And again, you know, who knows, Malcolm Brogdon, maybe he uh, has a bunch of injuries. I mean, he, you know, he had kind of a mixed bag last year, had a bunch of random injuries. You know, we can, we may look back and say that that salary, that, that deal would have been a bad one for the Bucks, but you know, the, their window is now. Um, and obviously going out the way they did with the point guard play of Bledsoe in particular, you know, I mean, it's extremely obvious to say, well, geez, it would have been nice to have Malcolm Brockton as, as another guard. It would have been nice to have somebody other than Pat Connaughton running around and Eric Bledsoe running around missing jump shots, you know, in that heat series. But, um, you know, that's the risk you take when you when you basically say, yeah, we'll we'll play the trade-off, we'll save some money, and we'll maybe, you know, get this pick that maybe pans out to something down the road, but, you know, it doesn't help us now. Um, that's obviously a, a situation that the Bucks, you know, they tried to kind of, I don't know if get cute is the right word for it, but they obviously tried to um, save some money and uh, be a little frugal. And, you know, I think it's only natural to look back on it and say, um, obviously it didn't work out, right? I mean, what Eric and I said last summer, like, you know, now is the time to say, fuck it, let's win a championship. And the Bucks said, eh, let's still try to win a championship, but, you know, <laughs> maybe we can get away with not doing that. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's where we are. And, uh, you know, I think absent a huge trade, it, you know, there's no, there's no obvious, like, that's the one thing I, I would say about this year with as far as like luxury tax and things like that. I mean, going to the tax this year probably means more like we paid Pat Connaughton too much money. <laughs> you know, there's, there, like, like last year, it's a lot easier to say going over the tax would have been good from just an asset talent perspective. This year, it's kind of harder to do that because typically you go over the tax by paying your own guys who you have bird rights on. And, you know, Pat Connaughton, uh, uh, Sterling Brown, you know, maybe Wes Matthews if he opts out. Obviously, those guys, you you know, you don't want to pay those guys a lot of money just in general principle. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's obviously a complicated situation. And 
uh, obviously the Bucks are going to be very much under the microscope, whatever they do, um, because of everything, all the honest questions that, that hang over them. So I think, well, first of all, let me just say, you were podcasting with Eric Lott just last off season. That's incredible. I feel like I've been doing this for a decade. But the other point, the other point we need to uh, point—it's been out, over a year ago. It's been over a year since true. that last season, right? But what is it? What is? I, I we probably. Yeah, yeah when did you start? Do you remember? Yeah, it was about the tenth of October. I went the seventeenth of September. Oh, hey, by wow. the way, Frank, you just reminded me. Yeah, uh, we had the nine hundredth episode a couple ago, and I just didn't even bring it up. So uh, shout out to you, nine hundred episodes. Oh, um, Jesus, nine hundred episodes. We're on the right to a thousand. When, when, those, when that syndication money kicks in, woo, we'll, be living on, <laughs> we'll be living on easy street. Oh, that's not how this works, huh? Um, wait, by the way, should we, maybe you were going there, but should we talk about Chris Paul and his ability to play basketball, actually? Because I feel like I've, of course, just focused purely on sort of the cap and logistics and all the non-basketball stuff, but I don't know if you were going to ask about that. We probably should at least talk about whether Chris Paul <laughs> makes sense from a basketball perspective. That's kind of important. That's the whole reason people are talking about him, right? Yeah, so we don't, I mean, exactly right. And I, I think we do need to get that. Before I do, I just quickly want to say Sam Presti as well. Let's remember who we're dealing with here. I mean, this guy completely screwed the Clippers and the Rockets with uh, incredible looking trades for them guys. So, He's not exactly the guy that strikes me that's going to say, hey, you want to throw me uh, uh, Bledsoe, Robin Lopez, uh, George Hill? Yeah, 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 let's do it, let's do it. Like he, this isn't the Sacramento Kings, okay? We're not dealing with the Kings here. This is, going to be, uh, this is going to be a difficult trade to pull off. So that's the other reason why I think this would be absolutely impossible, unless for some reason... Uh, all right, let, let me just get to the next question. Real tough, Moose, and then we'll move on to the playing stuff. He said, how far would you be willing to go? So this is just our personal opinions and we can go into this uh from the on-court stuff uh it and let's just say in some crazy world sam presti's like yeah i want to give dj wilson a shot oh that first round pick pick 24 i'm pretty excited about that give us that we'll have a go at this and they take a package how far would you be willing to go because i, I think i've said this to you um off the podcast or outside of us recording frank i said that you know as far as what i think he can do and watching this team and where they've struggled last year in the postseason I don't give a shit about money. Like, the, the, like that doesn't affect me. But if you're straight up telling me that you can keep Brook Lopez, you can keep Chris Milton, you're going to have Giannis there, and you can have CP3, that's four players that I believe can win you a championship. Um, so uh, you would trade all those guys? I mean, would you be totally fine with that if whatever, you figure out the money? Yes, the Bucks probably end up going into tax, but who cares? Separate all that. How far are you willing to go for a trade? Yeah, if you're I mean, interested. I, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, you know, we can talk a little bit like who else is is even out there, right? I think yeah. I think we were, I know we were DMing a little bit about, you know, okay, if you focus on the point guard position, who is who who is a Bledsoe replacement that you know again, forget the regular season, but going into the playoffs, you feel like gives you you know a materially better chance of of winning at the highest level slash you know making you feel like you you have put your best foot forward for winning a championship. Um, I think talent wise, yeah, I mean, CP3, I think would be in, in a one year time horizon, he's the best player I can think of, uh, yeah, that would be potentially available. Um, and again, his, his acquisition is complicated more just for the reasons we already mentioned than, you know, that he's, you know, it's not like uh, the, it's not like, he, you know, he's, he's untouchable or something like that. Right. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see kind of where the thunder end up. They have, are they going to have a new coach? Um, obviously they've got Shea Gildish Alexander who, can sort of swing between the guard spots, but he's obviously the future there. 
Um, I mean, I think he is a point guard. Um, he's the future of that position in Oklahoma City. They also have Dennis Schroeder, who's on the last year of his contract next year. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I think Schroeder is one of the guys I actually think might be more likely for the Bucks to go after than, uh, than CP3, just because, again, I don't know if the Budenholzer connection is actually a net positive or negative, because I think they had uh, ups and downs in Atlanta when they were both there. Um, but, you know, again, he's expiring, so it's not like he's a great player locked in at like a great contract or, or anything like that. So Oklahoma City probably wants to figure out what they do with him. Um, again, is Dennis Schroeder actually like a good NBA starter? <laughs> like that's, I think that's debatable. He's not a great shooter. Um, I don't think he's a great defender, but, you know, is he adequate enough that you trust that he can, you know, perform at a high level in a playoff series? Um, can he create shots, things like that? Well, yeah, I think he can, I think he can do that. He's also, you know, younger, right? So that, that's, that's interesting. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, CP3 would be, I still think is sort of the top of the pile in terms of the talent that, that you could get. Um, and as far as what you would give up, I mean, certainly I would give up those guys. And again, this is all caveated by, I mean, if, if Giannis like freaking hates a guy and wants nothing to do with him, then that, that's, that's the veto, obviously. But if there's no issue there, and again, like it's a little weird to me that Giannis would necessarily be that way. Cause I, I, just, I don't think of Giannis as being like, kind of like an alpha in the, I don't want to play with other good players kind of way. But I also think, you know, maybe CP3's reputation, I could definitely see that making Giannis a bit wary of, of kind of introducing him to a locker room that for all the fact that they, you know, went out early last year, they obviously, that's a group that really likes each other. Um, and again, you know, whether that, whether Giannis is maybe a bit too nostalgic or a bit too loyal to his play, you know, to his teammates, coaches, I mean, who knows? I mean, I think we may look back and say that he was, he's to a fault, uh, loyal, you know, um, if he signs a supermax, I think we'll all say we'll take that loyalty. <laughs> we'll take mm-hmm. that loyalty, even if it comes with some downsides in terms of other things. But, um, but yeah, I think CP3 is probably the best, you know, player for kind of the reasons you mentioned. You know, again, he's a guy that can go out and get buckets. You know, lead a unit of randos and um, you know <laughs> what he did in what he did in Houston too, right? I mean, you can put him out there with random guys and he can like keep keep offenses afloat and he's still like a tough son of a bitch and annoying defensively. Um, so again, he's 36 years old. At some point there's gotta be a real material drop off, but so far it hasn't happened. And, you know, again, two years left on that contract. Again, is he going to be an all-star level player? Both those two years, I would say, <laughs> I would have a hard time betting that he's going to be, you know, at the level we saw last year, each of the next two years, but maybe his next year. And again, if your time window is kind of championship or bust, um, then obviously that's very appealing. I mean, the way you framed it, I think is the right thing. Like which guys, if you slid them in for Eric Bledsoe last playoff run, you know, which of those guys would make you think like, wow, we're a totally different team as far as, you know, we're still playing and we could be the favorites, right? That's the, I think the litmus test. I think CP three is one of those guys. There are probably some other guys, maybe some less compelling guys. I mean, Mike Conley, I don't know that he's you know, going to be really shopped by the jazz, but he's 32. He's owed a ton of money next year. I think he's expiring. Um, he's not as good as Chris Paul, but you know, he's kind of like a similar, similar, like very good veteran, reliable, trustworthy, doesn't have the kind of personality baggage. Um, you know, again, could he be, could you, could there be an offer if you attach like picks, um, 
maybe, maybe there could be right. And I think with Chris Paul, um, I think that's the question. Like, what, what, how much, how many assets would you attach? And really, the Bucks only have three assets. I would, I would say, Dante Divincenzo, the twenty twenty first round pick, and then the twenty twenty four first round pick. Um, and, you know, maybe they could do, you could start getting like pick swaps and things like that. But I would say, I, I would say, I would give up probably one asset, um, one of the pick, pick like pick one of those uh, for Chris Paul. You know, ideally, probably this, maybe this first round pick. Well, actually, or maybe the 2024. I don't know. That's so far out, right? We'll all be dead by then anyway, Kane. <laughs> so we might as well trade 2024 picks. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, I think that I would probably be fine with that. I think once you start giving up multiple assets um, beyond the, you know, the players, and obviously some of the players you mentioned are useful players. Like, I mean, I would not want to lose George Hill if I didn't have to. Um, you know, I think at that point I would start to, feel a little uncomfortable just because then you're uh man your cupboard is really bare and again if Giannis is thinking like he wants to be here long term well you don't want to sell the farm for a guy that you know his time horizon may be one year one and a half years of of quality basketball so it's it's the super it's the ultimate high risk high reward play um and so I think for that reason though I think there's other guys you could look at you know whether it's other older guys like Conley. I mean, Drew Holiday, I think is another really interesting player. Um, who again, is he available? Maybe, maybe not. Um, would I give up a lot? Would I give up more for Drew Holiday? I think I would. His salary isn't as high. So he's a little bit easier to acquire. Um, and then there's just a lot of like, you know, more of the Dennis Schroeder type guys, right? Terry Rozier. <laughs> like, <laughs> would people, how, how would people feel about Terry Rozier being their starting point guard? Um, that would bring kind of just a different set of anxieties, uh, I think, than Eric Bledsoe would. Um, but, but again, it's just so frustrating because it's like literally any of these dudes performing anywhere close to what they do during the regular season would probably be better, a lot better than what Eric Bledsoe's done in the playoff series that have mattered the most the last two years. And again, that sucks, but that's kind of the reality. So, so anyway, yeah, I would give up something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up, you know, multiple first round picks for Chris Paul or something like that. Um, but this is this is the hard part, right? Because I mean, you're you're in a situation here where you obviously are feeling a lot of pressure to to win and win now and impress Giannis. And um, you know, it's only natural to kind of say, do whatever it takes. But I think there's got to be limits to that. So I think the Chris Paul package and a Chris Paul trade, and I know, and we've discussed it here, so we're we're certainly. Um, don't get a pass for this, Frank, but it, I think the easy assumption to make is, well, if they didn't go for Chris Paul, then they're just being cheap. But I, I think the point you make is right. Like you have to assess and this front office has to assess and they, they would know better than we would from the conversations they're having with Giannis and his agent and how close they are to an extension. If you think that you're getting the extension anyway, then maybe you're like, okay, well, we, we don't need to like go all in for Chris Paul for one year. We can, we can figure this out. We can work through, is there another way that we can put a better team on the floor than we had last year? So you have to sense the urgency. And, and that was a word I used in the podcast a few days ago. There has to be urgency this, this summer, but you, you can't be reckless at the same time. And I, I think that they'll have a better picture of, of what's going to happen with the honest. And again, I mean, everything we hear, and uh, Frank, I know you know, it's, there seems to be a feeling of positivity coming from the Bucks in regards to Giannis staying. Uh, we did have a couple of questions. Uh, that last one was from Real Tough Moose, by the way. We had a couple of questions here, and you mentioned Drew Holiday. Donny Shiriel, I believe his name is, and Brett Bricky. I'm going to say Bricky. I'm going to say that Zed is silent, but then again, who would know? But if, if I'm wrong, I'm Australian, so it's like just blame it on that. Uh, they both mentioned Drew Holiday. 
uh, in regards to could, could the Bucks get him? And we, so we can sort of tie this into the point guard discussion that we're having here. You mentioned a couple of the other players. My main holdback with Drew Holiday is that he's not a great shooter. And I just think that the Bucks, if they're going to bring in a point guard, you have to bring in an at least average three-point shooter or an above-average three-point shooter. You just have to. Drew Holiday has not exactly shot well in the postseason. He's been down in the low 30s outside of one series back in 2008 or 2009 when he was 50% plus with the Sixers uh, over a decade ago. Uh, he's struggled since then. Over his career, he's only a 34% three-point shooter. So my my concern with you know, trying to match salaries to get Drew Holiday in. For all the other great things he does, I love Drew Holiday. But my concern would be you get to the playoffs and he can't shoot threes again. And, and, and that's, that's honestly my big concern with anyone that they bring in here. We've seen that, yes, shot creation is one thing, but Bledsoe can create shots and he can, he can dish and he can distribute. We've seen that, but not in the half court in the playoffs when the opposition just does not respect him as a shooter. So that would be my concern with Drew Holiday, Frank. I don't know how you feel about that. And uh, the other point just to tie in, with this one, as we sort of get close to wrapping this up, uh, the question from Brett asks, uh, do you feel a ball-dominant PG makes sense for this team anyway? Uh, you know, obviously, if you bring someone in that's high usage, he's going to need the ball in their hands to create to be a, a valuable player in the team. What does that do for Giannis? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I always thought that the Bucs could do things with Giannis off-ball a little bit more, get him in different positions. Certainly, if you had a point guard that was a real threat in the pick and roll and could throw lobs to Giannis, I mean, that sounds like a dream. That sounds like a beautiful uh, thing to add to this team. But uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's a fair question. I mean, flip side is Chris Ball coexists with James Harden. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, I mean, for whatever their off-court issues were, you know, that was one of the great, um, that first year, that was one of the great non-title winning teams of the last decade, probably, that Rockets team. So, um I, I don't really worry about it that much in, in that sense. I mean, you know, it's not like Chris Paul's a guy who is going to try to score 25 every night. You know, he's still a guy who probably picks his spots yeah. more in terms of shooting and, you know, his ball dominance is more in terms of orchestrating. Yeah. He's more in terms of orchestrating the offense and creating for others. So I think if you're talking about a point guard in that mold, um, I don't really have that, that big of a problem with it. Um, you know, I think it's really just about at this point, just getting the best player and, you know, if, you have to, if Giannis has to sacrifice some of his usage to share the ball more with another, you know, effective scorer, for instance, I think at this point, you know, you're fine with it. Um, you know, if you're sacrificing Giannis usage, cause you know, you signed Jordan Clarkson, he's got to get his, his shots, you know, <laughs> like maybe you're not quite so excited about it. Um, but you know, I, I'm probably less worried about that. I think uh, the interesting thing is I think you do have, some flexibility with the way that Giannis and Chris can initiate offense and be focal points to varying extents. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need obviously like quote unquote, the traditional pass first point guard guy who's going to, you know, just dish and, and create for others so much. Um, I think you can have maybe more of a combo guard. Uh, and what I like about Drew is, I, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just if for anybody who watched that Celtics Raptors series. Right. I mean, the ability of both of those teams to put, defenders who could defend multiple positions and switch at the end of, you know, games and and kind of crucial situations. Um, It was just really impressive. You know, it was really fun to watch. I think we're seeing to some degree with the heat as well. Although the heat, you know, I mean, we saw it, right? Like they, they've been able to keep guys like Dragic and and Harrow and Duncan Robinson on the floor. 
Um, even though those guys obviously have defensive limitations. So it's not like, you know, the Heat are rolling out five hyper-switchable defenders all, all the time either. But um, but I look at Holiday, and, you know, I mean, he's bigger than Bledsoe. He's a guy that can defend up positions um, really well. And so I think, you know, the idea that you could get a guy who might actually be better and more versatile defensively than Bledsoe, who on top of that is, you know, a is a more reliable scorer and I would say an equal or better playmaker. Like, I mean, it's pretty surprising. I mean, even with Lonzo ball around, I mean, Drew was almost seven assists a game last year. Um, you know, even though he played off ball more than, than maybe you might, you know, might, might have in, in earlier years. So uh, yeah, I mean, the shooting concerns are definitely valid. Um, you know, that, that obviously doesn't complement some of the other concerns the Bucks have, but um, you know, again, in the grand scheme of the universe, like, how are you going to take Eric Bledsoe plus other random stuff in a cupboard yeah. that isn't exactly yeah. brimming and turn that into, you know, uh, your ideal guy? Like, you know, you're not, right? So you're going to have to sort of pick. I, mean, I think the interesting question is, well, what do you value the most out of, um, out of your, your guards, right? And I think an obvious offensive question is, is it quote-unquote shot creation or shooting, right? Like, which of those do you value more and how do you kind of trade some of those off? I think that's that's obviously a question that the Bucks are going to have to wrestle with because they're not going to be able to get both <laughs> in, in whoever they got. I mean, again, you could say Chris Paul gives you both, but um, him aside, it's it's going to be hard to find a guy who can really score and create his own shot, and and also just be like a guy that you can't leave you know in space off of and and give up open threes to. I mean, it's not not the easiest type of player to find. Um, so and, and then defensively too, right? I mean, again, like. Yeah. <laughs> Again, having a guy who's like a great offensive player who's a, a bad defensive player, I mean, that's tough. And the Bucks have been very – well, I don't, lucky might not be their work because I think it's been by design. And you look at their guard rotation, um, the fact that you can roll out, you know, Eric Bledsoe and George Hill and Dante DiVincenzo and have those guys be chasing small guards all game long is, is a real luxury to have. And, um, and it's obviously something that, you know, I think uh, we saw obviously in the results this year that, that was a big benefit that they could – play with those with those those small guys and have them really compete and and play at the level that they did defensively so um so yeah I I I would say I think the net net I think I'm more of a holiday fan than you are um again I think he's just a high it's more so he's a high ceiling player you know like Drew Holiday is your third best player in the playoffs I feel pretty good about that yeah you know Eric Bledsoe uh as my third best player that ain't gonna work we know he hasn't been right I mean Brooke Lopez is obviously taken that spot from him um during the playoffs the last two years uh and it would be great if you had a guy that you know i mean obviously many people would say that holiday is as you know well not this year but but certainly in previous years i mean a lot of people would say holiday is better than chris middleton right so if you had a guy who was on that level um at least you know a, a 2a maybe 2a and 2b with chris middleton that would be pretty great even if offensively chris would still be obviously a, a better offensive player than than drew but just again they're kind of all around games um, it'd be pretty exciting, but, but again, I, I, I mean, whether he's even on the trade market, um, is, is an, is an open question. It's kind of an interesting situation in New Orleans, just given he's, you know, he's what 30, they've obviously got Zion, they've got Lonzo. I mean, they got kind of a weird situation with some really young guys, but they still have some, also some quality veterans and they obviously want to be good. So I don't know if they're, if they're going to move Drew holiday, but if they were, I'd, I'd certainly hope the bucks would at least poke around that. Cause obviously he's a quality player. And again, that's really kind of probably the first, that's probably the first, the first thing the Bucks are looking for really good players, you know, who can dribble the ball basically would be, would be the starting point for, for me.
I will accept nothing but the perfect point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks in 2021 for their package that they can put together. Nothing but is this perfection. is this are you are you are, is this did, did Eric pay you to put like a DJ Augustine um, well, I, angle to this? I was expecting that before when you were talking about the shooting and things like that. But. Well, listen, when you were talking about what happens when you get Chris Paul and you have to fill out the rest of the roster, you lose lose George Hill. You know, DJ Augustine as your backup point guard uh, heading into the postseason. I, I tell you, I mean, it's it's not too bad. I don't even know what DJ Augustine's contract is, but anyway. Uh, there was one last question. I feel like we've sort of answered it anyway, and we've probably uh, gone far too long here today anyway. But it came from Sam CT, and he asked about uh, CP3 and, and win it all mode versus um, you know, playing a sort of longer game. And again, uh, uh, like I said, I think we've, we've broached that topic. It depends on the Giannis extension, and that's why this offseason is, is so difficult, and that's why uh, the offseason failure that they just had put them in a really tough spot because you feel like all of a sudden the alert level is, is at all-time high uh, for the timeline that you have, and that's why all these meetings are uh, making all the news, Frank, because everyone wants to know what's going to happen, uh, and this all changes if uh, Giannis, on the day that he's eligible to sign an extension, does that, and it's like, oh, okay, well, things have changed a little bit. Yes, you still want to win a championship. Yes, you still want to get the right roster on the court and make the changes that are going to put you in a better position to succeed in the playoffs. But any trades you may make, any signings you may make, the urgency changes a little bit. So regardless of, of what we've spoke about here, it all still comes down to the extension. It does. Yeah. And actually I, I would add, um, I have been pleasantly surprised by the implied optimism in some of the reporting lately over uh, the possibility of Giannis signing uh, I mean, and again, I know we always sort of point out that he can sign a smaller extension yeah. than the Supermax this this year, if that's what he's interested in. Um, again, I, I've sort of, and maybe this is just me psychologically trying to cope with the, you know, fear of disappointment if and when Giannis doesn't sign any type of extension, but I know I've sort of uh, thought through the, the reasons why he wouldn't. Um, I think the uh, it's been interesting that the degree of confidence that has been projected from some of the sourcing around the Bucks that that he will actually sign an extension. Um, so that that has been interesting, um, and uh, we will we'll have to see if if that's the case because um, obviously it's not just his calls. You know, his agent I'm sure will have something to do with that, and again. His agent may point out that he can just pretty much get, he's guaranteed to be able to get the same contract a year from now from the Bucks if he wants it. Uh, he doesn't, you know, it's not like uh, if he has a bad year, his, the Bucks are going to offer less money or something like that, right? Um, it, this is going to be there regardless of, of what happens over the next year. So uh, it, it definitely a to be continued thing. Also, I, I, when we're talking about DJ Augustine and other point cards, um, I think a recurring theme for, for the summer. Uh, Kane is that we should just try to think up random point guards and and discuss you know, are, they, are they guys that we would be tolerant of of adding either as you know in addition to the guys on the roster or uh, in some sort of Bledsoe trade. Um, a couple names that that I was thinking about. I was doing a little bit of you know a little bit of basketball reference surfing around. Um, First off, a guy that I'm sure is near and dear to your heart, Patty Patty Mills. Oh yeah, um, oh my god! You know, if you want to, if you want a <laughs> not super expensive, you know, shooter. Um, I mean, Spursy guy, right? So you wouldn't worry culturally about him fitting in with the Bucks. 
Um, Frank, let me Australian. let me just say, forget the forget the travel bans. If the Bucks sign Patty Mills, I'm swimming. <laughs> I'm, I'm swimming to America. I, I tell you, well, I'm going to find my way there. Well, he's 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 not expiring, so they'd have to trade for him. But um, we'll we'll see if if that that's that that is possible. But um, the other guy who actually I find more interesting than than Patty Mills, um, I, he would not be necessarily easy to get. But I, I'm interested. I think it's interesting the profile a, a profile of player um, that I think is would be interesting for the Bucks uh, would be players who are semi-established have been in the league two or three years. Um, they're going to have to be paid in the next year or two on their extensions. Um, but perhaps, you know, again, maybe guys who are obviously these are guys that are not like star level players, but maybe guys who just need, you know, the right, uh, a little bit more experience or maybe the right situation to maybe blossom to something much more than they are now. Um, and, and maybe again, teams that, that are trying to go a different direction or whatever. Um, Derek white from the Spurs, I've mm. found interesting, even going back to the draft, I remember when we did draft research that year, he had like insane block numbers at it in Colorado, which is weird. Cause he's like a six, four, you know, point guard. Um, and he's a guy that again has had, you know, a very good start to his career. Certainly not like a star player. You know, no one's looking at him as like, you know, the, like, I mean, even in San Antonio, right. DeJounte Murray is sort of the, you know, de facto point guard of the future there. Derek white kind of swings between both positions. You got Patty Mills, you know, there's a lot of, they have, they have different options there. I imagine Derek White would be the, you know, would be harder to get than Patty Mills for sure. But, um, you know, he's a guy that's interesting to me. I, I don't know what the Spurs plan on doing kind of long-term, but he's a, uh, <clears throat> an interesting player to me because he's got good size. We know he can beat defensively. I think he's a pretty good point guard, uh, pick-and-roll guy, um, pretty good shooter. Not a great shooter, but, you know, better than Drew Holiday or Eric Bledsoe. Um, and... Uh, you know, again, is he a guy that, that could become much more than he is? I mean, he's 25. I think he's an interesting player as well. So if we're trying to be, you know, trying to set our sights a little bit lower maybe on, you know, non-stars, things like that, he's a guy that, that I would find pretty interesting um, to, to maybe look at. Also, he was a shot blocker, weirdly a shot blocker in college. I was looking at it. I think he averaged more blocks per minute than Giannis last year. He was at 1.3 blocks per 36, which is just kind of bizarre for a 6'4 dude. Um, but, but yeah, he's, uh, he's an interesting player to me. And, and again, doesn't have, you know, again, a lot of, I think what you have to think about too is, is, you know, not just specialists or guys that are stars, but you know, if you're taking that tier guy, that, that tier lower, do you have guys who do do a lot of things pretty well? Um, I think that's maybe an underrated type of profile, especially for a team like the bucks, which, um, maybe has not had the level of flexibility, uh, on, on, you know, that, that you wanted. And I think certainly, if you can find a guy that can do everything great, but more realistically finding guys who are pretty good at a lot of things is probably helpful too. guys who can shoot a little bit, guys who can create their shots a little bit. Um, you know, I think that's what made Malcolm Brogdon valuable to Bucks, to be honest. Right. I mean, he wasn't an incredible shot creator. wasn't an incredible shooter unless he was just wide open. Um, but you know, competed defensively and, you know, again, not that you're looking for a Brogdon clone, but I think a, a guy who can sort of be that compliment, you know, a, a strong complimentary player who isn't super old. That's, that's certainly appealing too. Yeah. Derek White obviously played for team USA last year at the world cup as well. And 
Uh, you always trust those guys that pop likes a little bit, and, and clearly yeah. he's been a guy that uh, has got a lot of respect within the Spurs. So that would be um, obviously, yeah, a, a really interesting guy to watch. I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm just shocked he didn't mention free agent Matthew Dellavedova coming into uh, this off season as well. Which, by the way, the end of that contract, that contract, everyone knows which one I'm talking about. But yeah. A, there is a lot of options out there. I, I do sense just my, my feeling is that uh, while we talk about the Drew Holidays and we talk about the Chris Pauls, uh, there'll be some moves. Uh, I'm sure there will be some moves, but I, I think there might be some of the other names uh, that we will have plenty of time uh, to go through. There's no doubt about uh, that. But Milwaukee, The Milwaukee Boomers. That has a nice sound to it, doesn't it? <laughs> boomers. Uh, they have to always have some sort of Australian. By the way, Josh Green is in the range in the draft as well. So oh, if you want, if you want yeah. any more, you want any more Homer Australian takes? I've got them all uh, for you uh, right here, Frank. But, well, question, uh, question for you, question for you, Kane. Um, were you more sad for Chris Milton or more excited for Ben Simmons stealing his spot, given he's technically an Australian, although he doesn't have an accent, which I don't trust. Never trust an Australian who doesn't have an, who has an American accent. I find that a little little off putting. But what? Um, were you at least heartened a little bit that Ben Simmons got some love? No, not really. Um... <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how I know you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, uh, is that you don't really care about Ben Simmons that much? Ben Simmons is in a really difficult spot because I love all the Australians. I love Patty. I do love Dali. I love Aaron Baines, but um, Simmons has just been at the Sixers for too long that it's just kind of like, eh, I don't really like you guys. And I love him. I think he's a great player. I actually think that the Sixers need to get rid of Embiid and uh, sign uh, D'Antoni and just go hell for leather. And unleash Ben Simmons. I think that's their best shot. But anyway, but no, 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 no. I, I was uh, disappointed for Chris. He got more votes than Ben Simmons. He should have got the nod. I didn't like it at all. Agreed. I think I think we'd have probably a lot of agreement with with our listeners on that one. So we should probably end uh, end on a uh, very vanilla um, take that everyone will agree with. Yeah, Chris Milton robbed. Uh, we all know it. Uh, that's how it went down. Uh, thanks for all the questions about Chris Paul. Uh, we've still got a bunch about the offseason, so we're going to get through those as well. And remember, if you have any other ones, send them through at LockedOnBucks or to the email LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Frank, is, Frank runs the email. He does a great job. But for now, <laughs> for Frank and myself, uh, we will be back tomorrow. Take care out there. We'll speak to you guys then. 